Titanic. How many have heard about the Titanic? I'm sure. I thought about getting the soundtrack and leaning forward on the rails and... I, I didn't know if it'd work, but uh, we're familiar with that story, and that, that really what this is about today is how do we overcome when the world seems to be sinking? You know, it was already kind of uh, inferenced that we all are dealing with COVID and, and different schedules, and some of you never intended to homeschool, and now you're at home with your kids all the time, and you're like, ah, uh, and, and I can say it's a beautiful thing, God's going to be there with you, but, but it, it's changed, and so I thought as I was praying about today, I, I, he told me about the title. Titanic, and that doesn't, uh, I think it'll encourage us as we go down this road. But one thing that I want to, that he really revealed in my heart is there are two parallel messages here. If you remember the story of the Titanic, which I'm going to tell you in just a minute, there were crew members and there were passengers. Crew members and passengers. And the Lord, uh, I think, would say that uh, we could identify with one or either of these. Qu really quick uh, history lesson here. RMS Titanic was at the time, and this is in 1912, was the largest uh, vessel, largest transport that had been made in its time. 882 feet long at the widest part, 82.5 feet. That's a big ship. It would carry up to... 3,335 lives or souls. Uh, that particular voyage was a little less than that, but it's a huge ship. And the other thing about it is it was made up and done up in a beautiful way, uh, modeled after the Ritz uh, Hotel in London. And uh, one thing that it was been known for before the, uh, the catastrophe, right, is it was unsinkable. There were just too much and too many wonderful design things. And so uh, it took off on April the 15th on its maiden voyage. And that was in two, 2012, and leaving Southampton, and he, on the way to New York, and it hit, what did I say? In 2012 would have been a little more recent than this. This is 19 and 12, I apologize. Uh, yeah, I'm going to have to get everything together here. Uh, maybe the short that we had earlier was up here, I'm at, I, between the ears, I don't, I don't know. Uh, there were 2,240 2, passengers and crew on board, and when it struck that iceberg at 2 a.m., it only was uh, stayed afloat a short period of time. Uh, over 1,500 people perished. It wasn't, but it took almost 75 years later, a little more than that, where they actually found the wreckage. It was in 1985, and. Uh, Actually, they've, they say because of the decay down there, it'll be around about another 14 years until it's just no more. But what a story. What a story to think about. And so I want to kind of get, do a little, little parallel here. What were some of the sinking factors? Okay. First of all, there was an overconfidence. And, and I don't know about you, when I read the story, there was a lot of prior to the sailing of the ship, all this uh, boasting and all of the, it's fast, it's unsinkable, it's, it's beautiful, it's luxurious, it's the best out there. We, I don't know if you've ever noticed, there are some things uh, in our world today where people are just a little bit overconfident, but in their, this case, they definitely were. Also, there was a climate issue. Uh, as researchers look back during that year of that sailing, Actually, the, um, the, the, the tides were higher than normal. There was a lot of weather patterns that had changed, causing glacial-type uh, icebergs and stuff to float in places and traffic lanes that they hadn't before. Uh, so that was going on, the climate. Also, we found that uh, the ship's speed, you probably heard that it was going really fast. It was going faster than it should be going when you have a, 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 a lot of uh, uh, debris or, or those, uh, those icebergs out there. But it was, uh, and there's some story behind that here in just a minute. And then there 
there was a warning that they missed. It was talking about icebergs are recorded up ahead and somebody just kind of missed that communication. But some things that I found that I didn't realize when I first heard about the, the Titanic, and that is there was a smoldering fire in one of the bunkers, coal bunkers, before they ever left port. I found out that typically that's not as big a deal or a surprise. It does happen, and they tended to it, but it was reported that it burned long enough that there was a question of whether it, it messed with the integrity or the structural steel of the ship. Some other things that we find is uh, there was uh, obviously an unexpected collision. That would be definitely a sinking condition or, a, or an unexpected collision. And so there was a Polaroid they had back then, uh, it was or drone, and they were able to capture that as it struck. No, it didn't. I'm, I'm just playing. But, but this is a, an illustration of what happened. Icebergs, okay, are small on the top of the water and huge underneath. Uh, and, and issues that sometimes uh, run into our lives can be uh, seemingly small but have huge below-the-surface implications. When this iceberg uh, hit uh, this, uh, or when the, the ship hit the iceberg, then it began to test the integrity of the construction of the ship. One of the researchers found that the, the lag bolts that put all the metal panels on actually had been um, mixed, the metal such that it made them brittle. So when that impact hit the plates of steel, it popped those rivets a lot easier. Uh, it, we also found uh, some other things I'm going to show you here. So here's what happened. It hit here on the front. I don't know if you can see this and water began to come into the ship you know the lord tells us a, a parallel here is we're to be of the world but not in the world it's kind of like a submarine a submarine can go in there but in the minute the world or the ocean becomes into a vessel they become of it and it's not good for us and the same with us in the world but here's what happened it hit along the edge there water began to come into the bulkhead uh, that they had uh, brand new technology airtight watertight bulkheads and so that's part of the reason it's unsinkable right problem is they weren't built right in fact what began to happen as the sea entered in okay it began to fill all of a sudden the front and it filled up one compartment and then it spilled over because the bulkheads didn't go all the way to the top deck and then it filled up the next one and then it filled up the next one and all of a sudden what you began to have is a boat that started to sink hmm Kind of sounds like something I'm going to parallel to in just a minute. So sometimes even when we're compartmentalized, it's not going to save the ship. So question though is what were the crew doing? This, this iceberg thing happened, all these conditions happened. And so we find that the crew, uh, as I read all the reports, they stayed on duty. They, they were totally doing what they had been trained to do. They grabbed life vests. They knocked on doors. They grabbed people that, you know, didn't even know they'd really, anything had happened. And they were constantly doing, uh, and they were trying to uh, minimize the panic. Can you imagine once the word got out that there was a COVID-19 coming across the, uh, the, the nation? Okay, see how I'm applying this just a little bit. But they began to say, hey, it's okay. We've got a plan. We've got a process. Follow the, follow the ways and you'll find your way to safety. And so that's what they were doing. There's even the account, which I think is so cool. The orchestra, which was actually contracted labor, could have just said, I, we're done. You know, we're sinking. Let's save the violins and get into the lifeboat. They decided to play until the ship sank. Why? To shift the atmosphere of fear. To help bring a peace while this, all this chaos was going on and so today i want to take that story historical and i want to apply it to today's titanic our modern day titanic and so the first thing we can see as a parallel is many today many humans today are overconfident everybody in here knows one 
they some of those people can have a borderline to being a little bit arrogant you know, don't elbow anybody please we want you to go home and have a good lunch okay but no overconfidence you know i know what i'm doing i know when i was a young man in my 20s i knew everything right well you didn't know me but that's how 20 year olds 30 year olds 40 year olds somewhere along the way i realized that i don't know as much and now i for sure don't know i i know what i don't know and so i ask more questions you know what i'm saying maturity so overconfident can cause you to make decisions in the bible there's a there's a verse here that i and there's many verses by the way that, that fits this uh parallel but look at this in first corinthians chapter 10 verse 12 it says don't be naive and self-confident it says you're not exempt you know, we gotta, we got to realize that we're not exempt. Sometimes we say, well, I've got the right schooling, and I've, I've got, I live in the right neighborhood, and, and i got the right family, and i got 2.75 kids, and they're the perfect ratio of the American You know, can I just tell you, you are not exempt from being overconfident. And it says, you can fall flat on your face as easy as anyone else. Forget about self-confidence, especially when we're in tough places, especially when we're in crisis. It says, cultivate God confidence would you all agree with that that god confidence is better than and then human confidence well then there's there's a thing that's going on here and i call it cultural carelessness or being careless of the ways of the time it's the climate you know a worldview uh, versus a biblical worldview i mean there are things that that we can read into this but look at what second timothy says it says but understand this that the last days there will come times of difficulty how many in here have run into a little difficulty in the last three months okay we all have all right a little it says it's coming and and i i i want to remind us does does everybody know the bible says jesus is returning did you do you he's came once he was buried and, and rose again and he ascended into heaven and we we love the fact that he took care of our sins he gave us the holy spirit to take care of us in the meantime but it says i'm coming back and i'll reestablish my kingdom now in the first service i was praying during the technical difficulties that it, it would be before this service because i didn't know how this was all going to work no i'm just joking but he's coming back and he's coming back today is sooner than it was yesterday right but we don't know when it is it says here in verse two for people will be lovers of self and lover by the way i knew this list doesn't apply to it only applied to the first service not this service but anyway if you know somebody think about it for people we've got lovers of self lovers of money proud arrogant abusive disobedient to their parents ungrateful unholy heartless uh 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 appeasable uh, slanderous without self-control brutal not loving treacherous reckless swollen with conceit lovers of pleasure than others of god lovers of god and what having the appearance of godliness i think in the time such as this a religious spirit or the behavior of godliness is starting to be seen because god's testing the church he's testing faith he's testing to see if it's real because when you have a a, a good moral code but you don't have truly the the understanding of what lord did in your life and he's not lord then you're really denying his power and i believe god is saying this is the time when the church is going to be raised up and and the power of god the peace that passes all the things that god offers is going to be real today and the world needs that today COVID is bringing fear COVID is doing all kinds of things but you know there's an election anybody here there was an election hello can i tell you that our god is bigger than any election or whoever might sit in that seat our god's bigger than the powerful united states is one of the most powerful countries in the world the lord himself is greater than any kingdom on earth and he will always prevail look at this overconfident, country careless in a hurry i wonder if that applies to today 
Woo-wee. I just thought that was life, right? I'm in a hurry to go here. I'm in a hurry to go there. I got to be on the car line to pick up the kids if you have kids in school. Uh, we got to go to soccer practice, got to football practice. You know, how do you know that in a hurry is kind of a cultural thing? Well, here's what the Bible says it says, Don't be anxious for tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Now, what does that mean? See, I think some people are in a hurry because they're afraid they're going to miss out. I think they're in a hurry because there's a fear of loss. If I don't hurry up and get the sale before those all run out, that's just marketing, folks. Can I just break? the news to you they have a whole bunch in the back i mean it's marketing so be careful of what you're anxious for what you're hurrying for uh, in ecclesiastes 4 says this in verse 7 again i saw the vanity of the, under the sun one person who uh, has no other and it's talking about a person that's working hard and, and it's all about riches but he's never satisfied i see people all over the united states and, and i used to be one of those guys man i worked you know seven six seven days a week 12 40, i mean i even remember talking and having a conversation with my wife when we moved out to California and I was moving into a corporate position. Now, honey, you realize it's a minimum of me working six days a week and sometimes seven, traveling five uh, or three times, three weeks out of every month. You know, it's okay because we're going to make more money. And she goes, we were both naive. Let me just tell you, two little toddlers moved to California and then I left her there while I traveled all over the United States. Now, can I just tell you that's not good uh, marriage uh, material right there? is to take your wife out but we search so hurry and we tr- strive and i had my ladder i was climbing the corporate ladder i don't know if i'm this guy but i can say that it's a it's something in our culture and i was trapped in it but god allowed me to to find my way back to a right bottom line never satisfied with the riches so that i never asked i always struggled with with saying well honey i'm providing for you and she said well i want you in the family not just providing for the family hmm tough one because i can tell you i'm looking out here and i know many of you are great providers thank you there are men out there that don't provide there are women that don't provide, but you provide thank you that's a blessing that's a positive but be careful that you're not hurrying and filling your life just with things that never satisfy it's so easy to do if you don't if you need a little more detail come talk to me or my wife especially and she'll tell you how that doesn't work out Here's the thing, Ecclesiastes 4, 6 says, better is a handful of quietness than two handfuls of toil and striving after the wind. I think we are to work hard, and I think making income and having um, abundance is okay as long as it's in balance. It's in balance. So many people are hurrying. They're in a hurry. They don't even know why they're in a hurry. They're just keeping up. And then there's this next thing, missing the warnings. I believe there are many believers who are missing the warnings. We're caught up in the current of this culture, this life, okay? Uh, But we we miss what the Lord's trying to say. So listen to this. Colossians 2, 8 says, see to it that no one takes you captive. I don't know about you. I don't like to have anybody dominate me destructively. How about you? How many like to just be oppressed? Anybody want to join me on impression? You know, just, somebody just really has uh, got you under their arm doing this. No, it says, look, you're not, be careful. He said, look, see to it. Look at yourself. Make sure that no one takes you captive through what? Philosophy and empty deception according to the tradition of men, according to elementary principles, not spiritual, elementary principles of, rather, of the world rather than according to Christ. Our world is being challenged. Believers, hello, hello. We're being challenged. Our faith in what is true is being challenged. Can I tell you where you can go to get absolute truth? And that's the word don't allow the spin of the media don't allow the fear 
that the, the enemy would sow into you to start having you be held captive in your emotions and your minds. Be careful, be, be careful. I also know some people who have some smoldering fire issues. This can apply to anybody. And remember what the, the, the scripture says, he who conceals his transgressions will not prosper. I know and you know God wants you to prosper. He wants to bless you. He wants to have, help you have a life more abundantly. But so many times we can have everything in order except one little bunker inside of us. Oh, it's below this deck. Nobody up here on the luxury level having dinner even knows we've got a fire in the coal bunker. Oh, no, my family doesn't even know. That's my own secret sin. But can I tell you, it's destructive. And God wants the, the church, and that is you individually, to, to, to identify those places and deal with it as soon as possible or it will do devastating damage long-term in your life. Why? Because you never know when you're going to hit some unexpected. Remember, I'm paralleling these two situations. How many of you all would say these are some unexpected things in 2020? How about just the crazy of our economy, our elections? How about the COVID thing, which we still are trying to get a handle on? School closures, businesses closing, lost job, those things can come out of the blue. How about relational tears? How about sin? You say, well, pastor, why didn't you put that on the top of the list? Well, I knew I'd get to it eventually, and it, sometimes it's our own sin, and sometimes it's the sin of others. Somebody that is a drunk driver and kills a loved one, that's not your sin, it was theirs, but it harmed or affected you. How many had some unexpected impacts in the last little bit all of us all of us so integrity integrity i see so many people that want to kind of go on the cheap in some things and and go luxury on another I, I, some people don't think the rivets are important because you got good steel plates some people that say hey i've got the latest compartmentalization i can keep a little sin over here and all my other compartments are fine hey i can be at home and go to church but man when i'm on a business trip oh my i can let my hair down because nobody knows it's a compartment right can i tell you it's just like the titanic you can begin to allow just a little sin, a little waywardness into that one compartment, and it'll begin to fill your boat. It'll affect the whole ship. See, it says in Luke chapter 8, verse 17, for nothing is hidden that will not become evident. Now, that's the Word of God. Nothing's in heaven is hidden, but it will become it because nothing, anything in secret that's not known will come to light. It's just saying, if the Lord's with us and the Lord is as part of your life, eventually it's going to come to light in one way or the other. And many times it comes forth when you have an impact you didn't expect. And then the last thing, and we're about to wrap up. I see so many people don't even know they're sinking. Hey, I go to church. I do this, I do that. I, I, my kids are involved in everything, or I'm, I'm living the luxury. I got the, I got the big motor home. I mean, I, can I tell you we don't even know we're sinking? That's probably the greatest loss is God beginning to try to show what's going on and where we're headed, and, and we're just oblivious because we're just fine. Look what a revelation. This is the very last book of the Bible, and God put it in the Bible for a reason, I believe, and that's this. I know your works. He's saying, look, I know who you are. I know your heart. I know what you do. I know what's secret and what's public. You have a reputation of being alive, but I'm, I'm letting you know you're dead. Maybe it's just one area that's dead, but there's deadness. It's, and here's the, here's the word for the church today. Verse 2. Wake up! Wake up! 
don't have just head knowledge about all that god is hey search your heart search yourself wake up and strengthen what remains and is about to die for i have not found good words look he said look wake up church wake up christian wake up believer remember this remember what you've received and what you've heard if you've said yes to what christ did at calvary paying for your sins and through that giving you the holy Spirit. if you believe the word of god if you know any of the he says look remember that what you've received and heard and it says keep it keep it don't let go of that but he says repent oh my repent what does repent mean it means first you have to acknowledge that you got something that you need to get out repent also means what it says i'm going to lay it down and turn around and go the other direction i'm not going to do that anymore i'm going to replace it with good things says but if you don't it's it's warning us if you don't i'm going to come like a thief and you will not know the hour that i come against you our right response search your heart you know the scripture says search my heart find any wicked way would be within me search your heart this is between you and god this isn't about who's sitting next to you or who you came with search your heart allow the lord ask the lord to help you find what's go- needs to be what's down in that smoldering fire recognize that you have a problem you know that recognition is saying lord i've tried to get away from this bitterness about that person or that family i've tried to get away from this addiction or this habit i, I, I nobody really knows about it but you but i've tried today would be the day you need to say i need help lord i need something greater than than human i need a supernatural helper and that's your holy spirit so you need to acknowledge your need for a rescue see when i said yes to jesus when i was 25 it i knew about him for a long time i was serving at a church volunteer but i was serving i even worked in the children's ministry doesn't that get points or something i don't know and then i realized that my heart wasn't filled my i didn't really receive all of my love for him and on the side of a dirt road driving back from blanchard oklahoma we were barring a baptistry pastor was in the county and i just broke down we, he pulled over and i said yes to jesus i finally realized i needed to be rescued i was doing all the behavior right i was doing everything wonderful imagine what the church thought when you say hey the guy that's been serving you he finally gave his heart to jesus but you know what that was great they celebrated see i had to have a need for to be rescued and then i had to believe in what had already been done for me i didn't have to do anything i just had to receive i had to say yes to what calvary had christ had done at me for me at calvary so all right believers you're the crew you're the crew did you know your crew member you know when you said yes to jesus and you became a christian one of those people mm-hmm, that means you're you're part of the crew right so what does the crew do in the midst of covid job loss election year this spin that spin left spin up spin down spin who scares what the spin is you know what i mean what does the crew do you stay on duty 
you don't go and say give me a life vest and hope you have a good what <laughs> no you 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 start helping people you remember your training you remember that the hope that's within you doesn't come from the world or from some pandemic the hope that's in you is what came from the lord's salvation experience in you the hope of eternity and the hope of the present helper amen and, and you begin to help minimize panic whether you're at the coffee shop the donut house at school online you don't feed the fire you begin to minimize you bring hope you bring uh, clarity to to the future there's a better future than what we're experiencing today amen you want to give me a wave y'all out there give me a mm-hmm, yeah mm-hmm. and they were about showing the people the way to being saved for, in the titanic situation from drowning from going under for perishing can i tell you there's a world that needs some people to show them the way they don't have to use words but they got to see hope and they got to see that you're rising above things they got to see that there's something different about you in such a way that they go i'd like to have some of that i don't know what it is please tell me or they follow you around enough and they finally follow you here and somebody else gets to share some stuff with them you see what i'm saying so church we may have a titanic situation going on you may right now be dealing with financial whatever it may be you may think your world is sinking right underneath and there's water up to your knees and it's cold and you know what's going to happen and all you can think is destruction and death to that dream but i have a god and you have a god that's available to you to meet you where you're at to show your you the way to salvation and to lift you out of the depths of what would be despair and destruction amen all right so here's what i'd like us to do and then we're going to have a, a little special time where uh, guests are going to share about operation christmas trial but i want you to just bow your heads right where you're sitting and here's what i uh, today is more important about what the lord might have said to your heart what the lord might have uh, beyond what i said it, 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 it stirred something in you just to ponder and i would ask you in your seat just to say lord search my heart and find anything in me that's not pleasing in your sight. And today the Lord wants more than anything for you to go home realizing he has been speaking to you. He's been following you. He loves you. And that he wants nothing more than to rescue you if you've not said yes to him. But he also wants to transform you he wants to pour in peace and hope he wants to comfort you he wants you to be a witness to a world that needs hope and so today as you think through that i would say if you've never truly trusted or acknowledge what Christ did at Calvary, knowing he did it for you. All of this begins with just believing. That's all you got to do is say, I believe. I believe what the Bible says, that Christ loved me so much that he gave. Gave his life. Father, now take this message that was in the physical example of a spiritual thing, Help us as your people to walk in your way. Help us to be the light in a dark world. Help us know that we're not going to perish because we have you. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.